I finally made an appointment to get my hair cut today at the trendy little salon in my suddenly trendy neighborhood. I have been trying to hold out for long hair, in spite of the fact that I haven't successfully grown long hair since I had it cut off, against my better judgment, in high school. My compromise this time was clipping it up. Rhinestone clips if I was up to something fancy, or little plastic jaws when just trying to do the librarian-esque you-can-have-me-if-you-take-my-hair-down kind of thing. Granted, I wasn't making it easy on you. I always wore four or five clips, adding another half-dozen plastic butterflies if I was really playing hard to get. But it's too late for that now. I can't catch the fine hairs, brown in back, going splendidly silver up front at my temples in a clip anymore. No more showing off my nape, unclassed strands tendrilling down. The kiss spot will just barely be hidden by a demure sweep of hair. My hair girl is way too young to remember firsthand the slick magazine pages I have in mind when I say, my partner likes it when you cut it Breck girl. She grins, though. All the hair people, even the ones who weren't born yet, must know about those pastel pictures of women with hair too good to be true. Or maybe she's remembering the TV commercials of the 70s. No, I couldn't even pray for hair like that. But maybe she gets it anyway, as she lifts the limp wisps away from my face and then leads me to the long communal basin. She leans me back. She's femme, but she has a trace of the mistress, too. Puts my head in the basin's groove, moves me bodily until I'm at the right angle to shampoo. Then, familiarly, she washes my hair, using four times as many sweet, slick hair products as I ever do at home and her fingertips find tight neck muscles and rub them looser. It's so intimate, yet I'm facing away, and though I know that everyone at the salon gets the same treatment or some variation on it, it still feels as if I'm being taken to a place of great openness. It feels as if I could unclose my eyes and an erotic adventure would have started instead of a haircut but she's still dressed when I get up to go to the chair, all the other salon workers and customers too, and I settle in. For some reason, I don't open my eyes once during the whole cut and style. No chatting today, just reverie and feeling her hands. She's really quite masterful, moving my head around to suit herself, hands right on my neck and scalp, or else using my hair like fine pony reins, putting me where she wants me. Well, I always like that. It's one of the reasons I want to have long hair, after all, giving my tresses up to a lover so that he or she can grab the reins and ride. I like having my hair pulled. Not yanked, usually, but just the way I love it when my limbs are positioned for me and I'm turned into a fuck doll. I love having my hair treated as if it's there for the taking. In real life, it won't grow long or thick enough. It's too fine to really be used to haul me around. But I can dream. I'm not a hair fetishist. Not really. I love Robert's hair as it is now, daddy short in a flat top, and as it was when it was so long that he too wore it all gender funky and plastic clips. It was softly curly then, 
His hair now is animal, especially when wet, some indescribable place between bristly like a hedgehog's and soft like a cat's. But more, I think, like a seal, though I've never touched a live seal, so I can't be sure. My first girlfriend had a perfectly straight, thick drape of strawberry blonde hair. It obscured her fingers moving on her guitar strings, obscured her face as she sang. Another girlfriend had hair so much finer even than mine that it was like spun silk, the only remotely femme thing about her. When we drove in her old Peugeot with the sunroof open, it would fly crazily skyward as if trying to escape. A halo of gold. An angelic sign on a woman whose hands were always stained with motor oil.